0: be the weird you want to see in the world i'll see you next time on the power of weird
1: these qualities and he's well on his way to being well, a healthy integrated masculine man and one is one is strength which we all know that men have a lot of strength and they can lift heavy objects and lift the piano down the stairs, etc. But strength and also meaning that here's a man that is willing and knows that he has to have a conversation with his wife, or his daughter, somebody at work, or another man that he knows that message may not be taken very well and and it's not what the man wants to hear or the other person wants to hear but the man delivering the message knows that he he's strong enough to know that that message has to be delivered and this person has to hear the truth for progress to be made for the person's development so strength in two ways is needed for a a healthy, integrated, masculine man.
2: To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all Dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now.
0: Today, we have a special guest with us, Tim Crass. He is a mental health advocate, and he is a podcaster. His podcast is Time Out for Mental Health. Tim, could you please introduce yourself and let people know just a little bit about you, please?
1: Sure. Yeah, I was born in Detroit, Michigan, and we moved quite a bit to Columbus, Ohio and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and to New York on Long Island where I went to high school. And then I went to uh, Georgetown University for an undergraduate degree in business. And then I went to the Ohio State University for a master's degree in sports management and started working in television on the distribution side. Worked for 12 years for Fox Television and worked for five years at Univision, which is Spanish language television, until I started working as a mental health advocate after I discovered that I had severe depressive disorder that's reoccurring. And I really didn't know that, and my doctor told me that that was causing my addictions, which were going on for forty one years, and I finally got those taken care of eight and a half years ago and that's when I decided to tell my story and to get it out there because not a lot of men talk about the issues of masculinity and depression and suicide and how toxic masculinity affects the relationships between men and women and you know, if depression goes unchecked, it it turns into risky behavior such as alcoholism and pill addiction and drug addiction and violence and rape and, you know, shootings and suicide and all these things. And this has been a very taboo subject, and I I want to open up the lid on this and, and talk about it because so many people are suffering from it and as well as the people around them.
0: That is so true, Tim. You know, it's one of my favorite subjects. It's one of the things that we really need to talk about. So that's what we are going to talk about today is masculinity, the norms, toxic masculinity. Let's start off, Tim, with kind of letting people know what is masculinity?
1: Oh, that's that's a hot that's a hot topic. I mean, that's a thirty five thousand dollar question. <laughs> um Because everybody has has a viewpoint on it, and that's why I'm talking about it, is to define what is healthy masculinity. Because so many men are dependent upon the masculinity norms that they grew up with from their father, you know, and in the media today, which was pretty heavy-handed, and men were emotionless, didn't talk about their feelings and emotions. And as a result of, of, I call that unhealthy or toxic masculinity, which is, you know, not integrated, unhealthy behavior. And uh, where men talk over women and, you know, men's egos are leading their life and they think that life is about having you know, as many toys as they can have, big cars, you know, big gold jewelry and diamonds and eat at at the the great restaurants throughout the world and travel throughout the world and, you know, have as many women as they can have. And that's not really inclusive uh, of women. I mean, if a guy goes out and takes a date out for dinner, and he sits down and doesn't let the woman talk, and just talks about himself and how great he is. Well, no woman is really interested in that, you know. She, women, want to be heard. They want they want the man to care enough about them so that they will take the time to listen to what they have to say, ask them questions, clarify what what they're talking about and empathize with them about what some of their issues are that they're dealing with in their life. But if a guy just going to talk about, hey, I'm great, and I got everything, and and he just continues for 30 minutes and doesn't let a woman talk, then that's very toxic. And, you know, same thing happens in the workplace with, you know, the good old boy network, which is still alive and well and kicking in in today's business in this country. You know, you've got a, a, a president of the company who's a, a male, and he's looking for a supervisor to run his sales team, and he chooses his buddy, who may not even have the, the best sales uh, the best managerial skills or leadership skills. To lead that team, but he knows he can trust them and the guy will carry out whatever directions that the president wants him to carry out. Now, that guy's in place, and then, you know, on his team are people of color men, and different genders. And the good old boy network, well, they don't recognize those people. You know, a woman has a good idea. She gets talked over in a meeting, can't explain her idea, even though it may be the best idea. After the meeting, she goes and talks to that, that leader who's got toxic masculinity and, and is involved in competitive masculinity games with all his buddies on the team. And she talks about her idea, and the guy says, well... That is a good idea, but you're a woman. And so he immediately throws it out and she's missed and she's left with three choices. You know, she can go to HR and talk about the issue and she doesn't know whether she's going to be terminated or they're going to give her support. So that's a risk. She can go in the back of back to her work desk and just scribble on her tablet and waste time knowing that her contribution is not valued and she's just going to check in and check out for a paycheck in which case that organization is losing about 20 30 percent of productivity and revenues and profitability but everybody's happy because all the guys are happy or the lady can go look for another job in, in an environment that is more uh, suited for her making a contribution and being who she is. Now, people leaving your company is a, is an expensive issue as well, because it it takes time and money to find new people, onboard them, train them you know the cost of finding them it it just these are expenses that no one wants to add to the bottom line but if you don't have a healthy environment with healthy integrated masculinity men that are leading or if there's a woman leader a female leader and you've got a bunch of good old boys on the team who don't want to listen to that female leader You got the same thing. Productivity is not gonna be maximized. Product profitability will not be uh, maximized. Because the, the toxic masculinity guys are, they don't know what healthy integrated masculinity is. And what I mean by that is integrated, meaning the masculine behavior, and the feminine behavior now we all know that men i mean how i look at masculinity there's three elements that i look at it and say that if a man owns these qualities and he's well on his way to being uh, a healthy integrated masculine man and one is one is strength which We all know that men have a lot of strength and they can lift heavy objects and lift the piano down the stairs, etc. But strength and also meaning that here's a man that is willing and knows that he has to have a conversation with his wife, his daughter, somebody at work, or another man that he knows that message may not be taken very well and and it's not what the man wants to hear or the other person wants to hear but the man delivering the message knows that he he's strong enough to know that that message has to be delivered and this person has to hear the truth for progress to be made for the person's development so strength in two ways is needed for a, a healthy, integrated masculine man the other the other uh, quality that I look at as someone who has healthy masculinity is a man who has a sense of humor, a man who doesn't take life so seriously. you know life is to be to be enjoyed now not 100% of the time, you know, you're just wasting time. No, you you have to balance that out. You've got your work or your school. But even then, you know, you can't be so intense about it that you forget that, hey, in in the workspace, in the classroom, there's a time to buckle down and, and focus and work. And there's a time to be light and enjoy you know the moments that are there that are naturally enjoyable and funny to lighten to lighten the atmosphere and then the third aspect or or quality of a man who's masculine i believe the man has to have some connection with spirituality and there's many ways to connect however that Man wants to connect. He wants to call him God, the higher power, the Lord, Jesus, Buddhism, whatever it is. As long as he's comfortable with it and can use that to and believe in that to ground himself. And he needs to, you know, stop and listen to the messages all around him and connect. With that spirituality, whatever it is, so that he can be a complete person, a complete man. And I think if if a man has all three of those qualities, all the strengths that he needs, having a sense of humor, and connecting the spirituality in some way, I think that that man is on his way to being a masculine man and you know men need to understand their role in behavior and communications with other men and other women and it's their job to create a safe environment for the other person especially a woman that he's talking to to feel safe enough that she can be exactly who she is and not be intimidated by the man and not feel like you know she's going to get cut off by the man and the man like i said earlier has to listen Know, you know to listen to what the other man or the other woman's talking about and let them express themselves however they express themselves and not be thinking about the next question that he wants to ask And not listening to the person, but he's got to be an active listener to fully understand where the other person's coming from. And then again, clarify to make sure that he fully understands what the person's talking about. And then either listen some more to fully understand and discuss it further and come up with the, you know, either accept that idea or, or come up with a blend of. Of the other person's idea and his idea to come up with an even better idea and you know when a man understands that is his job as a man to make sure that he creates a safe space especially for another woman to communicate with him and be exactly who she is and not criticize her and try and fix her or you know, all the things that, that women don't want, you know, women, like I said, want to be heard and it's a man's job, if he cares about that woman in the workplace or in his personal life, to spend time to actively listen to her and show that care so that they can have a happy and healthy relationship.
0: Those are some wise words, Tim. I, very much enjoyed listening to that. Let's let's break it down just a little more for people and talk a little heavier into this subject, because I've been married since 1985. I've been with my wife since senior in high school in 1984. And, well, I got together with her in 83, and we've been through a lot of these ups and downs of marriage and relationship. Identifying what each other really is trying to convey to one another is very important. The communication right. value. This this season uh that is actually on air right now, season six, I speak with uh gal, her name is Emily Adams. And she talks about this very thing about being a woman in the workplace and how hard it is for a woman to keep up and try to be hard but soft at the same time. A lot of men don't understand what a woman actually goes through because they don't take the time to understand them. It's important that we slow down and, like you said, listen understand what people are talking about and if we're not sure of what they're talking about we should ask questions and really dig deeper to find out empowering women are it's so important in the world because i watched this toxic masculinity putting women in their place for so many years and there's no love in that and identifying what you really want to be it's part of being tender at the same time of being tough and rough and knowing when to bring each of those out it's not easy to get to and i found i went through that drug and alcohol thing i was on drugs and alcohol at nine years old oh my yes that's the environment i was raised in and i so many people die and so many people get hurt from this toxic atmosphere how how do we find a better way to communicate with those that are struggling with those addictions
1: well look it, it's it's difficult it's difficult it's a challenge for anybody. It was a challenge for me. One has to be ready Yes, to ask for help. They have to be ready to, you know, walk into the the meetings of a 12 step meeting or a therapist or however they're going to get their help. But, you know, you know i'm powerless to get another person to to do that you know i can talk to them about my experience and what i went through for 41 years and how i wasn't honest with myself and i wasn't honest with my doctor telling him that i was having addiction problems and finally you know, the, the bottom fell out, you know, God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And, you know, all all of a sudden, I didn't have a job, I didn't have a house, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a wife, I had a heart attack. But I was still addicted. And still acting out. And it wasn't until a family member Suggested that I go to a 12-step meeting to get some help. And I, and luckily, I found a sponsor who wouldn't accept my BS. And, yeah. said, and said, look, if you want to get help and really get sober, then I'll be shoulder to shoulder with you. And I'll walk you through this program, you know, and do whatever it takes but I need to know that you're willing to do whatever it takes because if you're not a hundred percent committed, he said, then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to hell on my own. You can go to hell on your own, but I've been there and I don't want to go back. And when I heard that, I said, this is the right guy that I need in my life because I realized that I couldn't get over on this guy. I couldn't lie, cheat and steal with him. Like I had been doing up until that point in my life, I had, he was going to force me to be honest with myself and honest with him and honest with others. And that's exactly what happened is that I immersed myself in the program. A hundred percent was going to meetings three times a week. First, three to six months was very difficult because my body was detoxing and it, it, it was extremely challenging. But I had this person in my corner that I could talk to at any time and he would talk me down off the ledge and talk me down off the ledge is I'm not kidding. I had a butcher's knife in my hand and was deciding where on my wrist, I was going to slip my wrist because after a, a few months of being sober, I couldn't sleep. I was sweating profusely. I was believing everything that my brain was telling me, which was that I was not worthy. I was defective. I was believing all of the shame that I had. And I thought that if I could just push a button and end everything, that that would be a solution that would work for me because I couldn't see the end of the tunnel. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, it a, a man or a woman has to find their bottom. They have to get to the lowest place that they've been in their alcoholism or addiction and realize that they have to put their hands up and say, I give up, I don't know what I'm doing, and I need help. And that's when you decide that you'll immerse yourself in the program, which means. You've got to believe in a power greater than yourself to restore your sanity. And that's when that you realize that your relationship with your higher power or God or Buddha or whoever it is, Jesus, the Lord, whoever that is, that that relationship is the most important relationship in my life for sure. And I have to practice that on a daily basis. I have to pray and meditate and connect with my higher power at least once, preferably two, three, four times a day through prayer and meditation to make sure that my relationship is is one with God and solid and that I trust that my higher power is going to take care of me no matter what happens. And a lot of times, you know, you, our brains tell us, uh, you know, this is going to happen and it's going to fall apart and she's not going to like me and she's going to leave me and I'm going to get fired and I'm going to lose my house and my money and everything else. But no matter what happens, we can walk through it. We don't have to do it alone. And this is another challenge for men and masculinity is because of a guy's masculinity norms, he feels it's a weakness to ask for help. Yes. And there's nothing further from the truth. It takes more courage to ask for help than not to. It's easy for a guy to, you know, lock himself in his bedroom and pull the covers over his head and believe that nothing's there's no problem and i got to tell you after doing research on my book and my podcast and preparing for a tedx speech tedx talk i have found in my research that most guys they think that they have their mental wellness handled
0: yes Yeah, isn't that amazing right there?
1: Yeah, it's amazing and sad.
0: Yes, it is. You know, and like you said, it all boils down to being honest with ourselves and knowing our limits and where we need help because we all need help. And it is hard to ask for help. You know, when I and got injured and I lost the ability to be that tough guy and lift those hundred pounds all day long and I really went through an emotional spin that made me hate the world and I was going down a spiral I, I remember I had to put my things in a storage shed and me and my wife was getting ready to be homeless and everything just hit and i went out in the parking lot and i started yelling up to god why are you doing this to me what is going on and i was really struggling with the next step in my life because i felt lost i felt out of control when i was always in control understanding how to calm ourselves down in our disappointments our hurts that's some of the hardest things i've had to do and then admit to myself that i needed help from my wife most of all because she knew me the most the best out of everybody those are some pretty hard chunks to handle and a lot of men like you said want to put their head under the blanket and they don't want to face these topics these issues in life we all have to regardless and quicker we get them over the quicker we can actually start being happier in life you wrote a book You Don't Have to Swallow Your Gun. And it talks about quite a few serious health factors, about depression, a lot of risky behaviors. Could you talk to us a little bit about the intent and the purpose and the scope of this book? Yeah, it's,
1: you know, basically after I got sober, I started writing this book. And it took about three or four years to complete it. And I immediately realized when I got sober that I didn't have to go through this, that I made bad choices, that my ego was leading my life and not my heart and not my soul, and that I made a lot of mistakes. And i didn't want others to have to go through the pain and suffering that i went through and that was that's the purpose not only of that book which my literary agent and i are trying to find a publisher for or to publish that book but i found i found I connected that masculinity issue with the asking for help issue and saw how damaging man's understanding of masculinity is so debilitating to him and the people around him. I mean, take a look at what goes on today in life. Yes. We're seeing mass shootings, we're seeing more suicides, especially of younger people. We're seeing more stress, more anxiety, more depression. You know, the World Health Organization tells us that more than 300 million people in the world have depression and that that was before before the pandemic. But only half of those get help and most of them are men. So I thought that I could make my biggest contribution to life, which is now, I believe my life's purpose, by talking about this and getting my message out in any shape or form I could possibly do to get to as many men because and and also women i get a lot of feedback from women who applaud my work and you know they they want to help the man in their life to understand what they need to do how they need to behave how they need to communicate so that they can they can all have happy and healthy relationships even if you have A mental health mental wellness issue it can be managed it can be managed if you get if you go to your primary care physician say I think something's going on with me mentally or emotionally or stress or anxiety and your doctor will give you a referral to a trusted physician that you can talk to about your issues And he will give you the proper remedy. Now, that's not, it's not easy to find that perfect doctor because there's, there's, there's not enough of those doctors in the world today. And it took me about eight different doctors to find the right one who was willing to do the research which took meeting me once a week for four months to ask me questions to find out exactly what was going on with me. And then he was able to properly diagnose me with severe depressive disorder that's reoccurring and he told me, not many people live through this. And because you've made a little bit of an attempt to harm yourself, he said, I'm worried about you, as was I. And But once he made the, the proper diagnosis and prescribed what he needed to prescribe to me to make me better and manage my illness, my mental health illness, That's when I got better combined and and he said that was the spark of my addictions was this, this condition I had and that's when it all came together. And I got sober and I got the proper remedy from the proper doctor. And now eight and a half years later, I've never felt better in my life. I've lost 35 pounds. I believe that what I'm working on is my, my purpose in life. And, you know, I, before this, I wasn't, I was not capable of showing up in a relationship with another woman. I was married and I divorced my wife because I didn't make her a priority in my life. My addictions were the priority an addict or an alcoholic, their priority is finding and planning their next high, their next fix. And she told me that she looked forward to the day when I made her my number one priority and I never forgot that. And since I've gotten healthier. I bumped into a woman by chance like five years ago. And two years ago, she said, I, you know, this was a business relationship, but I gotta tell you, I've I've fallen in love with you. And I, I had given up on having a healthy, loving relationship with a woman. And, you know, this is just one of the promises that comes when you know you work a program and you and you be honest with yourself and others, and you get the help that you need and that's I tried to dig up every bit of research and information on depression and the and the warning signs of depression and masculinity. And what we just talked about, what is healthy masculinity and what is not healthy masculinity, and suicide, and where to get help. And that is what my, what my book is about, is to, to communicate with all of these men out there, hundreds of millions, who are afraid to ask for help are afraid to be honest with themselves and others and are afraid to do what it takes to have happy and healthy relationships, even if they have overwhelming stress, overwhelming anxiety, overwhelming depression, or other mental health illnesses, which are on the rise. They're spiking like crazy because of the pandemic and what's going on in
0: the world. That's true. You know, I'd like to add a little bit there, true friends and colleagues, they will help instead of hinder, and if you are afraid of what people will think about you, maybe you ought to think about what people think of you, and that kind of helps you realign with people a little bit because people don't always think bad about you and nine times out of ten i take it that they actually want good for you and our minds tend to tell us other things so getting over that fear of or intimidation of others it's vital so yeah, that's that's quite remarkable, and I love what you're doing out there. Do you have anything you want for people to do? A call to action?
1: Sure. I I have a website, timcraft.com. T-I-M is in Mary, K-R-A, S is in Sam, S is in Sam. dot com Everything is there. My story, what we just talked about, all of my podcasts, the timeout for mental health podcast, which has over a hundred five-star reviews on Apple podcasts, or you can get it wherever you get your podcast. I, my podcast airs on the mental health news and radio network, as well as I have a radio show on the international audio. A radio station at healthylife.net, and you know, I'm just looking to schedule speaking engagements to, you know, big big amounts of people in business or men's groups. Any any anybody that can benefit from my story and can learn you know, that there is another way to, you know, live with our maladies and that we we can get help and and manage our situation. And I I do coaching personally or for executives. And, you know, I'm proud of the lives that I've turned around because, you know, these people were like me. They were down and out in the gutter and you know their their marriage their wife was going to leave and they got fired from their job and they were fearful of losing their money and their house and and now they're thriving you know and you know trusting another man is, is i know it's hard for for men but it's really important to reach out and be part of a men's group or getting help from your therapist or a doctor. My phone number, my email is is on my website and I'm one of those guys. I'm available 24, 7, 365. It doesn't matter when you need help. I'll pick up the phone. It doesn't, I can find another hour of sleep somewhere else during the day. That's not important is more important is to help others and be of service to them. You know, love thy neighbor is my mantra because everything I've been taught that everything else is, fails in comparison to, to love thy neighbor.
0: That's right. People helping people. And that's what we all need to get back to. We're struggling together and the most important thing in our whole life is our mental health let's make sure that we lose the stigma of all of this mental health stuff and start talking to one another opening up and challenging these difficult moments and being a man or a woman of structure and means and Help people identify, pull them out of their struggles. That's what it's about. I do commend you for what you're doing. And I thank you very much for being on Dead America podcast with us today.
1: Hey, Ed, I loved it. And anytime you wanna have me back or I'd love to have you on my podcast, anything we can do to further this communication, help other men and
0: other people I'm all for it. So whatever you need from me, I'm there for you. I agree 100%. You know, let's step up and speak out and help each other out. Kim, you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you so much, Ed. You too.
2: Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way... Please share, like, subscribe, and join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon, wherever you may be.